Welcome back to episode number 29 of the NP Dude. This is Jeff, the NP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. I sound a little different today because I'm trying something new. So I, uh, I'm using my phone today. I got a new app for it. I'm going to see if I can do it straight into MP3 files. Right now, the way I've been doing it is I got this old little, little cheap recorder, and it seems to sound really pretty good, but it makes it into a WAV file and I have to convert it and it's just it's an extra step so I want to see if I can make the file smaller this way and I also want to see if I can save myself a couple minutes by just going straight into uh, mp3 file so if the sound quality is too crappy or you don't like it I want to hear from you guys and and uh, and if it's not good I'll, I'll switch back and go the other way but I'll try this for a time or two and see if it works and if not then we'll uh, go back right so we'll, we'll keep changing for the way things go and uh, we'll go from there so a couple things I wanted to talk about today. I've got um, a, uh, a topic that came up on one of the Facebook forums, and I thought it was really pretty cool um, because I don't think the question was asked intended for the discussion, but the discussion went a totally, like, I think a side shoot different direction. It was really a pretty good, interesting interesting topic, and there's a lot of advice on there that I think is accurate in you know the end result, but I think they're getting there in the wrong way. So again, it's semantics, but I think it's important as, as professionals to understand why we have to do the things we have to do. And so what was this crazy question? It was a question that was about um, prescribing yourself or your loved one a uh, medicine. And what, you know, what it was a question about you know something else, but it led to the discussion about somebody prescribing a pretty innocuous medication for themselves, uh, Synthroid or something, I don't even know what it was. But then it got this huge long list of really fast responses. You can't do that. Don't do that. You're going to lose your license. And that's pretty good <laughs> advice, right? But why? Why is it good advice? Why does it matter? Why, why is it an issue? And I think it depends upon where you are in the country as to why. But it's an important one to understand why. Because when people ask you these questions about, you know, hey, just can you fill my Lucinopro real quick? You know, what are the ramifications of that? And why is it? Why does it matter? And so one of the things that I, I, I kind of looked at, I'm like, well, I know you're not supposed to do it. Everybody says you're not supposed to do it. And I don't think I would do it. But why? Why does it, what is it, what's the legal pathway of why you can get in trouble? So I did a little research. I did some reading last night. And, uh, it turns out that there's really no law that says you're not allowed to prescribe, at least that I can find, to yourself or to a loved one or spouse or someone like that. And the reason being is that it doesn't matter. You don't need to, to get there from that response. And why do I say that? It's because you have to actually have an open chart on that person is the way it works, at least in Ohio. And I'm pretty sure most of the states follow the same kind of theory. So if you don't have a chart on that patient or on that person or yourself, then you can't prescribe for them. Now it gets even more convoluted in in collaborative states because if you have a collaborative physician, at least in Ohio, and I'm going to bet it's the same in a lot of collaborative states, that if the patient has a question by law they have to be able to be seen by the collaborative within a certain period of time or they have to be able to get in communication with the collaborative physician and all that stuff so if they're not a patient of the practice that you're in collaboration with then they can't see that collaborative and therefore you're acting outside of the scope that the board of nursing is allowing you to do so it's not a good idea to do especially if the patient is not in the practice with the collaborative that you're seeing so here's the situation that it could be allowed. So say my wife says, you know, uh, I go to your office to see one of the other practitioners in your office. So she's a patient in my office, but not my patient. She sees one of the other NPs. 
And she's running low on lisinopril. It's Saturday. She didn't call and get her refill in time. It's Saturday. And I happened to be on call that night or that day for the weekend. And so she calls the office and says, I need a refill on my, my prescription. And they forward her phone number to me. <laughs> so I call my wife and say, all right, I'll log into your chart. I'll check your dosage. I'll send into the pharmacy for that. And that would be okay as long as there's a chart. So you can do it technically. But you got to really have all those things in place. And if you don't, then you could be in trouble, right? So you could be acting outside of the scope of your practice or outside of the scope that they allow you within the Board of Nursing Rules. And you could get in trouble. You could lose your license, maybe a suspension. You could get fines. You could get penalties. You could get put on a you know a six month you know hiatus and say we'll we'll reevaluate you in six months, and maybe we'll let you have your license back. Uh, and it just depends. That part depends on your state. How much do they really give a crap? Now, how can they find this out? How? Why would anybody know or care? So, say my wife says, you know what? I have lisinopril. I don't go to your practice. I don't see any of the other practitioners in your office. But I, I, I need to get my lisinopril re- renewed, and I can't get my pra- the, my my office that I go to to fill it. But she doesn't want to stop her meds. So what what do I do? Right? You know, I'm. I'm uh, you know, I'm not going to fill it, right? I mean, by the technical letter of the law, I could get in trouble for that. How would they know? Who would care? Would my wife turn me into the State Board of Nursing and say, Jeff's acting outside of the scope of his, his Nurse Practitioner Act, and oh, by the way, I would like him to lose his job, and oh, by the way, that's a big chunk of income for the household. Probably not going to happen through there. But that being said, the insurance companies will pay for the, the lisinopril or whatever it is. I'm just using that as a, as a random, I'm not saying my wife's on that. I'm just picking a medicine. So say my wife's on the lisinopril, I fill her prescription un, illegally, un, you know, unlawfully, I should say it that way. And she goes and fills it. The insurance company pays for it. She pays her 88 cents or whatever the copay is and walks out the door with it. Now, with some people, uh-oh, somebody's getting pulled over. Whoopsie. Um... Not me. I'm going below the speed limit. Um, so say they fill it through the insurance company. Some of the insurance companies, especially Medicare and Medicaid, they keep a laundry list that you can look up all of the medicines that that person has filled. And I could do it on my patients right now. I can look on a thing and look up and see all the medicines, when they filled it, what they filled. Are they going to multiple physicians to get their core egg filled and they've got 10 prescriptions out there of different blood pressure medicines and they're filling them. I can look that up and see. So if I look and see that, you know, Joe Schmo NP prescribed their spouse uh, a, you know, a, one of the legend medications, we'll call it a legend medication. Legend medications are things like antibiotics and, you know, uh, the blood pressure medicines and stuff like that, right? The non-narcotic scheduled medications. Then that, then, then I could say, you know what, I'm a MD and I don't like nurse practitioners and he's stepping on my turf and oh, by the way, he's manning, managing his wife, which I'm managing and she shouldn't be getting it filled by her husband. And he calls the Ohio Board of Nursing and says, "Hey, I want to file a, a, a you know, a claim or a petition or a, a, a complaint, be a better word for it, against this guy Jeff. He's, you know, unlawfully prescri- prescribing medicines to my patient, which happens to be his wife. Whoops, that's a big deal, right? Now, some of the private insurances, I don't know if they can do that or not, but I wouldn't trust it. 
And I certainly wouldn't trust if, if, you know, my family practice physician for my wife or nurse practitioner may or may not care. I don't know, but I'm not going to trust my license to it. Uh, You know, I got a lot invested in a license. It's not worth losing it over. That's just my opinion. So what would I tell my wife? Yeah, keep calling or, you know, don't take it for a day or two. And then we'll find another practitioner that's going to listen to you and be, be available. So that's kind of where that goes, right? Now, with narcotics, it's obvious, right? You're never going to ever, ever, ever prescribe a narcotic or any type of scheduled medication for a loved one. I mean, that's a huge red flag for the DEA. You got the same last name. It probably doesn't take much effort to, for the DEA to look and find that, you know, your relatives and you're going to lose your license. That's just not smart. I don't care if they are in my practice and I'm refilling their narcotics. I'm not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. I worked too hard for my license, and so did you. So don't ever do that. That's a bad, bad idea. You know, Grandma doesn't need a little Xanax right now. We can, she can go see her family practice uh, nurse practitioner and uh, get a referral to uh, you know mental health or something for that. That's my opinion. So that's that's kind of where I'm going with it. So don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But it's not because it's illegal to do. It's just unlawful for you to do it without having a chart. So sometimes you might be able to do it. But it's really going to be pretty rare that your spouse or your father or someone's in your practice and you're getting the call to refill that medicine. But if you do, it's okay. You can do that. As long as you, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's, you can do that. Stay away from the schedules. That's all. So that's easy one, right? So it, we all kind of said the same thing on that thread, but it was for different reasons. And I don't think that the intention of the person that they wrote that was for that. I don't think that's what they were saying. Um, I think it was like, I'm sending in a prescription for myself. In other words, they're the one calling it in for the patient, which isn't for herself. I think that's what she meant, but everybody else took it the other way, and that's how I took it too when I read it. So that's why words matter, right? Use the right words. Check your, <laughs> check what you say, or you're going to cause an explosion on your Facebook thread. Uh, but it was a good experience to listen to that, right? I mean, it was kind of neat to to dig into and find out exactly why is it an issue for nurse practitioners or any practitioner. It goes the same for physicians too. You know, my brothers are doctors, and if I called them and said I need an antibiotic, they're going to be like, uh-uh. Not worth it. Worked too hard. Still got student loans or, you know, high insurance premiums, whatever. I don't know what their financials are, but they're not going to do it. And I'm not going to do it either. So it's not worth it. Do not, do not, do not do it. Because somebody might find out that doesn't like you and turn you in. And you don't know who that is or how that's going to happen. We live in that digital age and it's dangerous. And that's another thing, right? I was doing something. I think I was doing my state taxes. And this is just weird, right? I uh, finished my state taxes. This was last year. I'm still not even done with my taxes this year. And uh, <clears throat> I had to verify my state taxes, and they knew all this crap about me. It was like, you know, uh, who lived with you at this address back in 87 or something? It was, you know, pick which one was there. And some of them were things I don't even know. Like, what what was the phone number when you lived at this address? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't remember. That was 25 years ago. <laughs> So they have this knowledge. They have the capability to keep track of your stuff. So just be leery of what you're doing if you're doing a paper trail. Now, here's the thing. If you put, wrote a prescription for your wife or your, you know, someone you trusted and it was for, you know, lisinopril and they go into the pharmacy and they pay cash, I honestly don't know how they would know or track it. The pharmacy would have a record of it, but the insurance company wouldn't. So I don't know how that would get back to... Um, to the physician that normally managed that medicine. So I just don't know if it exists. I'm not going to try it. I'm not going to test those waters. It's not worth the headache. I advise you not to do it either. 
All right. So I've beaten up on that one enough. I think so. But it was neat. It was a neat, neat exercise to look that up and really try to figure out why it was the way it was. Now, um, I had a, an experience at work, and I'm going to talk a little bit about it um, in very general terms. And I have known that this is going to happen because, you know, we work family practice, and uh, you're going to get all types of people coming into your practice, and they come with a lot of history, right? And and I had a patient come in that was on longstanding scheduled medication. And I see posts all the time on Facebook about how do I handle this? Do I, do I help a bridge? Do I help, you know, do I take over the medication and manage it? Do I, you know, what do I do with this? And it depends on what it is, right? Um, so I, I was in the situation in, in the other day, and, and uh, my rule's been hard and fast. I am not a narcotic um, and scheduled medication provider. That's not what I do. Sorry. I'll do... Um, I'll do Adderall and things like that for stable patients that have been on it with a diagnosis of ADHD, that type of stuff. I don't have a problem doing that. But I'm not starting somebody on on something. And if they're on something that's long-term, they're going to pain management or they're going to behavioral health to get off of it, period. That's my, that's my stance. So when I have a new patient that comes to me, that's how I handle it. I tell them that point blank in the first opening. And if they have medications, I tell them, you might want to make this a priority because you need to get to somewhere else because that's not what I'm doing. And I tell them, you know, my other job is addiction medicine. You've been on this for a very long time or not a long time, but, you know, maybe the behavior you're having is, you know, is addiction type behavior and you're, you know, drug seeking behaviors and um, it's not working. So how's your, how's your pain how's your anxiety how's your you know whatever and if they say it's not good I say well why are we taking this well we need to get you off of this thing and so um so that's my stance and I I know I've had that I've I've been I've thought about what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it and and how I'm going to address it and I think I did an okay job with it and it's not that I don't care it's just that I'm not the right one in family practice to be doing it so that's that's been my stance on it and and hopefully you know, when, when this happens, because it's going to happen all the time, you know, you get people coming to you from all these places that they used to prescribe things on long-term basis and now they're cutting them off or their insurance is changing or whatever the reasoning is, or they just don't like that practitioner and they heard I'm awesome and they want to come to me because everybody does, right? No, not yet, but they will. We're getting there. Um, you know, it's what do you do? And, and so you see all this advice. No, never, no, never, no, never. But you got to do it in a way that's, that, you know, you still got to protect the patient. So you have to have that resource available before you have that hard and fast rule. And I just happen to be very lucky in the situation that I do have the available ability to have good resources around me to be able to, to get them to the right place for the right types of treatment. But it's still a hard conversation. And it's, you know, I've, I've been kind of dreading it. And uh, I'm glad I broke the seal. I think it went okay. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's always rough, right? You see these people that the medical, medical model has done a major disservice to them as, uh, you know, as, as consumers of healthcare by being prescribed long term on short term, you know, intended medications, Percocets and Vicodin and, 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 you know, Ambien and things like that. Those are all very short term solutions for long term problems. And people are now have addiction problems. They have the underlying problem and now they got an addiction and we got to deal with it. So I still encourage you guys do the waiver training. You guys will have huge insight. And I used some of that information from the waiver training 
during discussions with patients all the time of why I'm not going to give them pain medicines and why I'm not going to give them anxiolytics and things like that and how we, you know, if we need to, we'll find you the behavioral health people that can help you um, because that's really what you need or the, or the treatment facility that you need for, for detox and withdrawal and to do it safely and um, find coping skills and you know, all that good stuff. So I want to hear from you guys, but I want to hear uh, constructive criticisms and, and you know, why, how to do it differently. How should we handle it? Um, should I be afraid of doing, uh, you know, is my hard and fast rule too, too, too strict? Is it, uh, I don't know. Talk to me guys. I want to hear from you guys on that one. So, um, that's all I got for today. I just, I'm just a kind of a short one. I know I'm kind of rambling, but I'm, I'm just, you know, it's hard to drive at night. Talk on the, talk on my new phone app. Let me know if this phone, if this phone app thing is working. Just say, hey, sounds good or not. Say, it sounds like crap, sounds good. I want to hear from a bunch of people. I want to hear this. So send me emails, jeff at the mpdude.com. You can also comment below and say, sounds good, sounds like crap. I want to hear, so I want to hear, Jeff, you're full of, full of poop. Jeff, you suck. I still haven't heard of Jeff, you suck yet. I've been asking you guys for like two weeks now. Still not hearing it. Tell me I suck. Somebody tell me I suck already. All right. Um, you guys can comment below. You can also comment on the Facebook. I'm still getting some shares. I got a couple. Not a lot. You guys aren't sharing, man. I want to see shares. I want to see like a dozen shares. Go to my main page and say, this dude is, is kind of weird. Share. Done. That's what I want to see, right? Um, I'm still getting likes where I think we're up to 435. I don't know, mid 430s. I just looked on my way home and it was somewhere in there. So you guys are liking. I still I appreciate it. That's a, that's a good way to get it out there. Um, but I still want to hear from you guys about what you want to listen to. I'm getting a couple of emails every day or so, and they're very specific to individuals and it's a lot of contract stuff. So I, I am kind of beating the contract stuff down. So I'm giving kind of like non-legal advice, you know, like, Hey, talk to your lawyer about this one or talk about that thing to your lawyer. Um, and, and I'm cool with that. So it's, you know, it's not just free legal advice here, you know, or free non-legal advice. I want to be careful. I say that because I'm not giving legal advice, but I also want to, you know, what, what ideas, what are you guys concerned about? What's the concern in your practice? Where do you see us going with your future in your practice? What's your headache? Because if we can isolate what your headache is, chances are everyone else is having the same headache. And if we can find out a way to address the headache and make it easier for everybody, man, we're going to do better. So let's, let's better the profession together. So send me a, a message, uh, send me a note, send me an email, something. Post a, a thread on my Facebook page as a guest post. You guys can do that too. Um, don't forget, you can get me on iTunes and tell your friends, man. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon.